Hey, Pride fam, get ready for a brand new episode of Pride the, the Podcast. Featuring special guest, author Jensi Lumpkin. So grab yourself a treat and take a little time to hang with Pride. We are back with Pride, the podcast, and guess who's still here? Hey. First lady, Mrs. Mitchell, is still <laughs> okay. up in the house. I'm still here. And special it. shout out to Rehab Entertainment and a huge thank you to DNR Studios for hosting us. We are in the new studio new tonight. New studio, we are. Yes, I new love studio, it. DNR. I love it. First lady, Mrs. Mitchell, thank you again for being back with us. Hey, mom. Hey, mom. <laughs> I love it. Thank you guys for having me. Again. Unfortunately, yes. Adam is not here Adam with us. Adam is on location. On location mm-hmm. in Texas, supporting his niece with her graduation as a nurse. Yes. And seeing his new nephew just live in his best He's family He's a great life. gunkle now. A great Wait, great. You're right. Yeah. He's a great. That's why Adam has all that gray hair. And, <laughs> and it's great ah! hair. It's right. Great Not hair. gray hair. Yo, great hair. But Adam did send us a picture, uh, all of you out there, and he and he did look like he was trying to kidnap the baby. Like it oh, did yeah. look like he was baby napping. Like he was True. walking off, and it was just like eyes was big. I was like, "What you do with the baby?" It's so, it so cute. I'm glad that Adam got to go back home and do that. Um, but man, Miss Mitchell, how's your week been? In yeah, you. How was your Mother's Day? My Mother's Day was wonderful, <laughs> except for that brunch. What brunch? <sighs> Listen. Ashley and I failed miserably. You so, fell? We well, failed. Fa- oh. F-A-I-L. Got you. I yeah. thought Darrell always falls, so I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I do too. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, 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 we, we're clumsy. But, no, we went to this restaurant uptown, and Adam and I have been going there, actually, while Ashley was gone for the whole mm-hmm. month, and we've had such good experiences, but both brunch and lunch, and then I even went and got picked up dinner there one day. It's never been an issue. Miss Mitchell comes. We thought we were going to do something great, take her to Mother's Day, and it just did not go well from them not seating us to them not even knowing why we were there to them not having the brunch to it, it was just a lot going on so it wasn't um <laughs> that's what it was on sound effects <laughs> ashley yes we actually no. we probably don't even need adam anymore <laughs> wait don't, don't say, say that, that. <laughs> Don't I don't know. That. The role of Adam Rios is not being played by. No, I <laughs> I think we got it. I think, I think we got I, it. No, 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 no. Y'all just talked to him on the phone a few minutes ago. We, hey, we hey, hey, hey. Adam, how do we do this? How do we do that? How do we do that? <laughs> I don't know. I, Corey's I was, not here. What do we we don't know what we're doing. Yeah, I couldn't even barely open the wine bottle. I, I was like, where is Corey? Where is Adam? They are not allowed to leave. I'm gonna sign. I'm gonna put them We've on been them. hanging out with Diva Miss Mitchell too long because uh-huh. the Divaness has rubbed off on us. Uh-huh. <laughs> it has. So are you excited to go back home to Texas? Are you one of the spree? Bitter spree. <laughs> Bitter I they got me drinking up here. <laughs> it's a bittersweet Welcome to the podcast. It's bittersweet. I'm going to miss everyone here in the studio. Um, but I need to go ahead and get back home so that I can get on a regiment and, mm-hmm. and move forward with things um, in San Antonio. But I've had an awesome time. And we were talking earlier in the mm-hmm. green room about us coming down and visiting yes. you and the rest of Kitchen Island Tea Where's in San Antonio. Where's that green room? Were we in there talking for real? <laughs> we were. 
<laughs> yes, we were. We have a green room. We have Studio A, Studio B, Studio C. We also have uh, offices. We each have our own dressing room. We also have a legal team. We have on... our legal team and finance is back there as well. We have HR department. So if you keep if you keep working my nerve, I'm gonna call HR well, as well. well. Well, luckily we don't ever have to talk to finance because no. uh, ain't no money. Right, um, right, That is the hardest laugh I've had all week. That no, that's not true because when. Adam was giving us the rundown of how to run tech. Oh. That's the hardest. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Corey got that on film. Yeah. And all you hear is brain. <laughs> and, and brain called me the other night. He said, hey, um, listen. Just to let you know. Yeah, he good. said, we're going to have to launch a rocket in order to do this I podcast. I did not know we were at NASA space station up in so, this podcast. Like I told you guys earlier, <clears throat> you're going to appreciate Adam Yes, we do appreciate yeah. you, Adam appreciate, Rios. We we appreciate you from Box Wine Poppy. With a zero. 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 His Mr. Twitter ain't safe for work. AKA Mr. Handsome. Oh, whatever. Uh, whatever. Nah, I can't be doing all that. Um, so listen, guys, there's a lot going on this week. Yes. I mean, a, a really big thing. Obviously, Brayden and I are about to travel to Texas. Yes. Uh, you're about to go home to... My mom doesn't know. She also don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> I mean, actually, after last week, I think she does. I mean, she does have a link. Um, but by the time this comes out, she she'll know. you'll you'll be you're right. Yeah, you'll be yes. So there's a new rule about the CDC has came out and told us we no longer have to wear a mask now. It is, you know. Well, I want them to refund me about 88 masks because I bought a box of I just bought some yesterday. Uh, yeah. And I've only used like 12 or 13. So what am I going to do? Which is concerning. <laughs> well, I was trying to conserve. That's um, what? What? Because so I thought we were going to be in this pandemic for years. Let me tell you something. When you wear a mask more than once, you begin to smell your breath. Well, Ooh. I brush my teeth. Even yeah. Okay, but, teeth, but, but they start to get funky. Everybody got a dose of their own medicine when we started <laughs> wearing masks. It was like, oh, this yeah. is what I'm working I, with? I, I, okay, okay, yeah. I need to spend an extra 30 seconds to no. a minute on my teeth. I, I blew into my mask and I said, damn. This is why no, I no listen. Man. Shout out to one of our <laughs> shout out to one of our sponsors, Quip. I use the Quip toothbrush. Oh, how is it, that? It's great at times two minutes, morning and night. Okay. And then I get in, an incentive of points when I make it the two minutes. And depending on the point value, I get gifts from the organization. So Ooh, shout out wow. to our sponsor, Quip. Okay. So I was thinking, so I am actually getting braces. What? I am. Oh my god. I'm getting Invisalign. Why? Well, you know, I have a few like gaps in my teeth and I actually have a slight overbite. I'm staring at your teeth right now. (laughs) I don't see no gaps. They're nice, right? No, I don't have like I don't have like crazy bad teeth or anything like that. But you know, we're we're in the entertainment business and something. We run a pod nobody sees us, Ashley. Uh, hello, we have a YouTube um, channel. I stay, listen, I stay on a red carpet. I don't know what you're talking about. Hello. Because me and Ashley stay and we be on TV and things. So right. you're saying you don't want to wear a mask anymore? Because oh. you went to people to see your teeth? No, no I'm not TV, saying I that. Don't wear a mask. I was just saying, should I get the Quip toothbrush? Because I'm going to have to brush my teeth like way more often. Like every time after I eat, I have to brush my teeth, you, floss, and then put my Invisalign You definitely back should in. because I pay, I think it's $15 a month. But okay. now that they're a sponsor, they're gifting me a free bag. For like a three-year supply. What are they a sponsor? Pride the podcast. So then they should be giving us all a free bag. Um, I'm I'm the one that got the hookup. So. Oh, I don't I don't think the that's how that works. 
the only one. Anyway, $15 a month. You'll get a free toothbrush. You'll get the battery in the toothbrush. Every single month, they'll send you a new um, toothbrush head okay. and floss and toothpaste. Okay. And it's sensitivity toothpaste. And, and I have how much a month? Like 15 bucks a month. I have so many little things. I have Scentbird. I have I Ipsy. Like... Oh my God. They're also sponsors of the podcast. Thank you for plugging Scentbird. them. Mm-hmm. Scentbird. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, the bird. And Cincy. Wow. We've got so many podcast <laughs> sponsors. It's That's really awesome. great. So we're we're coming into the world, Mrs. Mitchell. <laughs> wow. Okay. So the CDC said no more masks. Yeah. And it's causing like a big old conversation. Well, it is. I mean, so a couple of things. Obviously you know, certain businesses can still regulate and say right. that you need to wear a mask. The airlines are still like, no, nah, we still do what we want to do. You wear a mask on the plane. Um, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to lead to a lot of interesting conversations um, moving forward. I know that I feel like when it's I It's making it even more political. Uh, yeah. I mean, for me being, you know, fully vaccinated, I know that when I'm outside, I like take my mask down a lot, especially if I'm walking next to people I know. If I walk in between a big crowd, I'll do it. Last night, I was hanging with like my people only on, on the side. And so I, you know, had my mask off. But when I went to the restroom, I put it back on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm still doing those things. But I noticed a lot of other people, as soon as that rule came out, I'm like, I ain't wearing no mask. I mean, I, I've seen multiple people without masks and, you know, going to Texas especially the area I'm from, people ain't wearing masks. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be very interesting. But they haven't been wearing masks. I mean, they haven't been, but wow. they were for a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens with this. Yeah, I'm interested for you to tell me how it is in your part of town. Because in San Antonio, like everybody was still wearing masks. I might get locked Everyone. up. Because, yeah. because people in my hometown, Not in if our they hometowns. see people with masks, they'll walk up to you and pull it off. Like, it's, uh-uh. Yeah, Are you no. serious? When, I, touch me. when I was in Florida, I, I, think I've, I think I've told y'all this before, when I was in Florida, we got made fun up for wearing a mask. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, you know why? <laughs> Your boy Trump is there. Land. Yeah, but Your boy. Your, Your boy. boy. <laughs> well, he's about to be up in New Jersey, so. <laughs> but okay. even in Texas, especially where we're from, Darrell and I, it's still, it's Trump territory too, it's so. Trump territory. Nobody's wearing so, the mask. I was doing some research because I got to find the one gay bar brain that I can go to on Saturday night when we go home. And <laughs> there is actually a thing called TAG in our area. It's called Tyler Area Gays. And it's an organization that was started a few years ago. And a lot of the gay people in the area went to the guy who started it because he moved to Tyler and started this. And they went to him and they begged him. They were like, please don't do this because our lives will be in danger because it's so homophobic and, and it's really bad. And apparently... Don't do what? Create create create, group? Create a group, okay. uh, you know. To, and so they actually bought a sign, Adopt a Highway, and it says, uh, hashtag Tyler Area Gays, LGBTQI. And mm-hmm. of course the sign has been defaced many times, but they just keep putting it back up. Um, I didn't realize, and it's funny hearing that because obviously Brayden and I went to school at TJC and Tyler, and, and there was a gay club there when we were, you know, um, oh, yeah. in, in college. So I, di- I didn't experience the homophobia, really. I mean, there was one time when I went over to, like, the uh, cafeteria and, like, people were saying things. But, like, I didn't really experience it. Apparently, it's gotten really bad there, and a lot of people um, in Tyler are gay are trying to, like, leave to go to Dallas or to Austin well, to a safer place. should. They absolutely mm-hmm. should. Wow. Yeah. It's got well, I know, bad. Mom, you said you're going to continue to wear your mask for a long time. I, I really am and, uh, for several reasons, but one being I'm a senior citizen. I have um, underlying health conditions. Mm-hmm. And it's just a comfort level for mm-hmm. me. Um, you know, it's not against the law to wear. So. Absolutely no. not. You know, and people in Asia, they do it all the time. Yes, all they've the been time. doing it for years. Yeah. yeah. Pandemic or not. 
Right. I read, I read something actually from Ashley's old boss, Soledad O'Brien, and <laughs> she actually um, spoke about it on her Twitter. She was just like, I'm going to continue to wear one on a plane, even if they say that you don't have to. Right. Because I've caught so many like illnesses being on a plane. She, yeah, she actually said true. she caught... I don't, I don't want to miss-say it, but she, she caught something the last time she was on a plane, like, before the pandemic, because the person sitting next to her was deathly ill, mm-hmm. and, like, she like they were just coughing and, you know, mm-hmm. spit flying everywhere. So she's like, I honestly think in situations like that where you have to sit next to somebody you don't know, right? you should mm-hmm. wear a mask. And I was yeah. just like, that's true. You should. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll cut down on, like, people getting the flu and just sick in general anyway, so it's like... Well, I mean, we talk about people making fun of... You know, Brady said that when y'all are in Florida, people make fun of you, and that's something I worry. So it really is this weird Republican Party that's doing it. I mean, I don't know if any of you guys saw Marjorie Taylor Greene did a video the other day where she was taunting AOC outside of her door, and she's basically yeah. goading her into a fight. And like, what? I, like, it's it's ridiculous. She's calling her now crazy eyes. She's calling Alexandria Ocasio Cortez crazy eyes because I think she what? likes to insult her coworker. Yeah. Um. And if and what was interesting is I was watching Jake Tapper, the lead on CNN today, mm-hmm. and his panel was saying if this was an ordinary place of work. This would be unacceptable. She would be fired. HR would step in and say, mm-hmm. you cannot assault your fellow coworker. It is inexcusable. It's not allowed. It's not with our code of conduct and ethics, blah, 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 blah. The fact that it's happening in our nation's most important place of work is unfathomable to me. Yeah, I mean, but I feel like since Trump and then especially after the insurrection, it's just like, Oh, we can just kind of do whatever we want. And I mean, we are kind of letting them get away with it. And I mean, <clears throat> there's not enough people to hold them accountable. I mean, granted, there has been more than 400 people, I believe it was, mm-hmm. charged. Yeah. Um, so far, <clears throat> one of them was someone I actually knew. Um, wow. He was charged? Yeah. <clears throat> Jake was charged. It's great. Uh, great. That name is Jake Lang. For any of you who know, please go to his Instagram and let him know. Actually, Instagram, I think, kicked him off because of the things he, were po- he was posting. Hmm. Um, it's it's interesting. I, I think that it's like, what is going to stop someone like Marjorie Taylor Greene? Like, she, you know, went against Liz Cheney and all that going on and, like, going to our resident uh, political advisor, Brady, <laughs> can you right. inform us? Please explain to us. What's going on? Sure. Let me, let me channel Sunny Hostin for a second. Thanks so much. Um, and speaking of, I do have a legal note. I know last episode I was saying Liz Cheney was number two in the Republican Party in the House of Representatives. I was, I misspoke because actually the minority whip is number two. She is number three as uh, the chair chairwoman of mm-hmm. the party or whatever. Okay. Um, so, yes, the Republicans have voted to oust Liz Cheney from her leadership position. This does not mean that she will be out of the House of Representatives because obviously the citizens of Wyoming say, well, when she was elected, they said that they chose her as their state representative right. to be in the House. But now word on the street is in Wyoming, because you know Wyoming only has one house seat, mm-hmm. because it's so, it's, the population of the state of right. Wyoming is so nobody small. There. Nobody there. Um, anyway, so the citizens of Wyoming, now that the Repub- Republican Party have ousted her of leadership, are rethinking, are they going to vote for her in her next election? Now, there's a lot of them are saying, no, they're not going to vote for her, because they all believe in the big lie, and what the Trump the Trump 
idealization, is that even a word? <coughs> Idealism uh-huh. of what Trump means in the party <clears throat> to them. So. so Sorry, Liz Cheney. <laughs> so does this mean that we could possibly be setting ourselves up for Trump to come back? Don't say that. Bite your so according to Liz Cheney, that is a possibility. People are talking about his re-election in 2024. But according oh to Liz Cheney, and they're also talking about um, voter suppression and stealing the vote again, like he tried to steal in this last election with all of the 60, uh, the 60, um, the state, the 60 state uh, courts that he tried to bring all these lawsuits against and say right. that the election was fraudulent. Of right. course, all 60 of them threw them out the window because right. it wasn't. Um, so Liz Cheney is saying, look, he will try, but he will not succeed because the majority, I love her optimism, the majority of America believes in truth. Um, thankfully, I think being a religious nation, we all look to... A higher power. power. I was going to say Christianity, but that's obviously subjective and objective. But Liz Cheney believes that the majority of the nation looks to truth and the higher power that resembles truth. So she has optimistic views that Trump will not succeed in his nastiness. I have to say I'm terrified. And I'm terrified because there's so many of his followers out there that mm. are, are are losing it, you know, and they they but mm. I agree actually I think that Liz could be on to something that he's losing the power that he he had. I, I think he's losing Well a lot it. of people are saying too now that Liz has been ousted of her leadership position. She has been given even more power in terms of the spotlight. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean even like in the past this past week she's been on so many news programs and news networks and is given the spotlight in this like um, pulpit to say this is wrong and I'm okay not being a leader in this party because this party is tainted and don't know what the hell is going (laughs) on. Come down here and talk to us. I mean, I wanted to bring up uh, the Proud Boys leader Ethan Northing made a statement Mm. today and his statement is "All right, I'm going to say it. Fuck Trump. Fuck him more than Biden. I followed this guy for four years and given everything and lost it all. Yes, he woke us up, but he led us to believe some great justice was upon us, and it never happened. Now I've got some of my good friends and myself facing jail time because we followed this guy's lead and never questioned it. We are now and always have been on our own. So glad he was able to pardon a bunch of degenerates as his last move and shit shit on us on the way out. F you, Trump. You left us on the battlefield bloody and alone. So yeah. that's a well, huge, I mean, that, like, but duh. that's a huge statement coming from the organizer of the insurrection on January 6th. That's that's really huge. So yeah. I think that as long as people continue to wake up and see that he wasn't the martyr that they thought he was, we might not be in that situation. But I mean, I, I don't feel far- sorry for them. That's oh, what I don't feel sorry for them. Because I mean, they're still wrong. <laughs> I just think if you identify as a Republican, I would have said this before Trump, don't get me wrong, but today, if you identify as a Republican, that is extremely embarrassing for you because it means that it you... It says a lot. It says a lot. You just mm. aren't intelligent. And I'm sorry, family, anyone that it's not me in my family who they are Republicans. And I will tell them to this to their face, and I do, and here we are. Um, <laughs> it is just extremely embarrassing that mm-hmm. you do not have the wherewithal to speak the truth. 
which your party is supposed to be based in Christianity. Mm-mm. I think it's uh, extremely it's hypocritical. Not. It's just extre- it's just so stupid, and I feel sorry for. And I, and I usually have to leave. I have to leave those situations and get my purse and go. You're probably I, gonna experience it tomorrow. I, I, I was because last time we went home together, I left. Oh. I left. I left. Braden standing. Braden said, "Where you going?" I, I said, said, "Please don't I leave." I said, me. "I got to get my purse and I got to go, friend." I said, "I'll be in my bag." Because we had a conversation as soon as we as soon as we drove in the driveway. That literally, and and it's <sighs> almost like. I feel like a lot of times those conversations that you have with Republicans, it, especially that type of Republican, it's a goading. It's kind of it's like not we, a type we, anymore. It's, it's a Republican. You're a Republican or you're not. Right. right. And it's just like mm. they're they're trying to they trying to fight, and it's like I don't want to fight with you about this. Like that's a that's a lot of things. It's going like on. fighting with a preschooler who hasn't who can't even speak English yet. Like it's just yeah makes no sense to me anyway. Get me out of my Sunny Hostin vibe because yes. I can continue um, to talk about this forever. Let's move on to something else. Uh, Ellen, here. Let's fill my drink up again. Ellen is ending her show. Oh, after bye. Nineteen seasons. Bye. How do we feel? You said okay. Bye. Bye. bye girl. So what y'all want for dinner? Bye, girl. <laughs> she's no. It's been rumored that she's had a hostile work environment for how long now? I mean, Wendy Williams came out the other day and said that she did not have a good experience on the show. Oh, really? What? Yeah. So what did she say? Girl, let me pull it up. Pull up the I got, receipt. I ain't got no producer here to help me, so I'm well, going to do it myself. Well, I'll tell you right now. I recorded Ellen religiously. I loved it. Daily. Mm-hmm. I um, loved it. She made me smile. The dancing, the just giving the giveaways, everything. But the moment, and maybe I didn't investigate it enough, but the moment I heard about the hostile environment yep. and the working conditions... I stopped recording it. Well, Diva, you know what yeah. I have to say? It's like they tell you never to mm-hmm. meet your your idols because the thing is, it's like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Ellen, like in the entertainment industry, a lot of things that people put on is acts, right? Mm-hmm. And Ellen, from what I heard and was researching, it was very much like, action, let me dance, let me do my little jig, and cut. Get out of my face. I don't like, and, and that's kind of the environment yeah. that it was. And I was very upset by Ellen because for me, I've always looked at, because she, you know, I won't take this away from her. She was a trailblazer with her show mm-hmm. and, you know, the, sure. the original show and coming out and the way she did that. And I thought it was so beautifully done. But then I realized Ellen and I are not the same type of gay. She is a privileged white woman who. Well, she's know, a talk show host, she, an she, Emmy Award winning. Yeah, yeah. She, I mean, it's like Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah. I mean, she, it's just like, you're not, you don't you, represent. You don't represent us. And, and, and mm-hmm. while it seemed like. Oh, this is someone that we can relate to. It's just like, oh, and I, I actually was having this conversation uh, with Miss Mitchell the other day. Like, I personally think Ellen's downfall started, or when people started looking at her side sideways, is when she was at the game with George, George Bush. Bush. Yeah, I was gonna say and, that too. And, and, and people started looking at her sideways then, but it still wasn't enough because, like you said, she can't help where she sits. Blah blah. But mm. I do think that people started kind of being like, wait, what? Because she took a picture with him. And that was mm-hmm. that was a lot going on, so it, it was very interesting. And listen, people kind of forgave George because I feel like Trump was so bad. People forgave George. It's Bush. true. For it sure. and really people, is. I mean, I I miss him at this point. Yeah, right. Me too. Me I too. miss him. I miss his stupid um, ass. I think uh, Aziz Ansari had like a stand up, and he was just like, "How bad is Trump that we look back on Bush <laughs> and we're like, what a great president <laughs> he was?" Just because he was like a decent human being sometimes. I know. Like and gave like you know speeches that like made sense. And it also <laughs> helped that we we saw that Barack and Michelle Obama love George Bush. Like George yeah. Bush and Michelle Obama best friends. Anytime they, they at something, he got yeah. some little candy. Yeah. He's trying to give her they plan like kids. So <laughs> I, I think that well, who's the, not friends with the Obamas besides the Trumps? 
Right. Right. I know I am. And even even Melania <laughs> right. been texting on the side. She's like, I mean, because she Michelle's best friend. She take all her speeches. Well, yeah. Uh, she's like, uh, what's he gonna say tomorrow? So, so, I so can... girl, let me right. Know. Let's tweet the same thing. Let's take a dress and a picture together. Listen, I wish I wish some sense would come from Melania's mouth, right. even if she has to steal it. I wish I wish something would come from her mouth, but so I was gonna say, Wendy Williams was on her show um, one of these weeks or uh, this past week, and that's when she went in to um, Ellen was saying, look, I, w- I was on set and um, didn't have a good time. She just went in, but she also went in on Portia Williams <gasps> from The Real Housewives of Atlanta with her recent, by Ashley. She went in on Portia because of all of that drama that's happening. Portia. Give us the recap, <laughs> Ashley. What's happening? Okay, so Portia is oh, now gosh. engaged to her friend or former friend, Fallon's ex-husband. Simon. Yes. Simon Gubuda. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> he, he got Bernie. Yeah. He, he got, got money, and it's clear that they're just, you know, I don't know. I just feel like Portia has always had, like, dollar signs in her eyes, but it definitely is very shady. She said, she made a post, and she said, Fallon and I are not friends, but, Darrell, you said that it was introduced, like, this is Portia's friend it like, was. on Housewives. So, I actually followed the Peach Report, and I get <laughs> all the tea from Housewives of Atlanta and Potomac. So... Uh, the Peach Report is basically a producer who works on the show, and she said, actually, a lot of times when they say friend of and all of that stuff, that's just put there. She said a lot of times the girls actually don't know each other. It seems a set, um, that's uh, set up. Or she, they've met each other like once or she, twice, yeah, but they're not actually she, friends. She was just like, Fallon actually really wasn't friends with Portia. They really were not. like, mm-hmm. And basically it was Lauren... I think Portia's sister, who like had met Fallon one time oh. out and was just mm. like, "Hey, girl, like we should. I'm doing. We do Atlanta. You want to?" And she's like, "Oh my god, I would love to be." And it was very. What was her kind of, reasoning of being a friend though? Just because she had money? Well, she she mm. just wanted the opportunity. She just wanted the opportunity. I'm sure a lot of people. So, so so the thing about it is, is that every single person who comes on the show that are friends of the housewife, they're actually auditioning to be an actual housewife because oh, yeah. they actually have them the whole season, and then halfway through is when they give out the say. You get a peach, you get a peach, you get a peach, you get a peach. So no one goes into it knowing that they have a peach unless you're a veteran. Yeah. Um, so they don't know. So LaToya actually had a peach, um, and her husband, um, Adam, said, not our Adam, but another Adam, <laughs> said that she could not show her the kids and everything. So because of that, and she and he was like, I won't appear on the show. So the contractual agreements is your family do have to appear on the show in some kind of capacity, which is right. why Sutton, who is now a housewife of Beverly Hills, was not a housewife her first season because her kids were not allowed to participate based off of, you know, whatever. Now they are. That's so, why um, Kenya and her ex, well, are they divorced Mark? yet? So, Mark, Mark, his whole big issue was showing um, Brooklyn. Brooklyn Brooklyn on television. Which is she why was like, Kenya was gone a season. That's why Kenya left the show that one season. It was because Mark was like, I don't want to show our life. I don't want to talk about the baby. I don't want to go through all that. So that's why Kenya only was able to appear at the end of the season. So it's a lot of contractual things that go into mm-hmm. it. Um, but I don't necessarily know... I don't know if 
it's as messy now that we're thinking about it. I think at the beginning it was messy, but this is a produced TV show. Right. Knowing that Portia and Fallon were not really friends, mm-hmm. um, I think Dennis put Portia on. Listen, Dennis is from Detroit. Dennis said, you better get over here and marry this African man. Like, because they're, <laughs> listen, now Simon and Dennis, Simon invested in Dennis hot dog Yeah, they're business. cool. Are you like, uh, they're cool. Like, they're and, cool. And Portia has a so three. this is piece. all, like, this isn't as mess. I mean, it's messy, but it's not as, like, contrived and, like. It's yeah. not all calculated. Yes. Yeah. It's and, very calculated. And Fallon and her man have actually been having problems for over a year and have been separated technically, what? which is why in that first scene when he was sitting by the pool, he was already looking at Portia. Like, it, 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 it's mm-hmm. crazy. Um, listen. Well, also, Potomac's got some drama going on in their family right now with Wendy, who was the new housewife last Last season, Wendy and her husband apparently he's she's the one been, with all the degrees. I'm, I'm yeah, she's yeah. she's okay. got she's got like twelve doctorates and right. like fourteen she, she, yeah. MBAs, and, and apparently he has been cheating on her and has a child with another woman. Ooh, but we'll see child. it all on the Potomac. But I, and I think the tea is hot. I think this year their cash trip is actually Portugal. I believe it is. Oh, speaking year. of Portugal, yes. Oh my god, so excited to have Jincy Lumpkin, who is actually in Portugal right now. Maybe she can give us the tea on Wendy and what's going on maybe there. so so Jensi Lumpkin is the author of The Mermaid of Venice among many other things which I can't wait to talk to her about yes. um, so we'll chat with her right after a quick little break alright have you been wondering how Pride the series created Pride the podcast well the tea is out We use Anchor, the podcasting app that believes everyone should be able to have their voice heard. With tools that are really easy to use like distribution and monetization elements, Anchor puts creators first. For more information, check out anchor.fm. That's anchor.fm. Hello and welcome back. We are so excited to have with us Miss Jincy Lumpkin, author of The Mermaid of Venice. (laughs) Hello, Jincy. Yes, you better hold up that book. That cover (laughs) art is amazing. It is. I love it. I love it. So, Jincy, first of all, where in the world is Jincy Lumpkin? Listen, San Diego is currently in uh, Lisbon, Portugal. What are you doing in Portugal? Wow. I live here now. But you, you still have your place in New York City, right? I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a place in Inwood, so I'm going to be like half here, half there. Oh, wow. Right. wow. Fancy. How are you like in Portugal? I love it so much. You know, I think that if it was not for COVID my wife and I would not have moved, but that just changed. Like it uprooted everything. It was wild. Um, right. And I was working in an agency last year and got fired from that due to COVID. And, uh, I don't know. It just like changed everything. I spent a lot of time in Florida mm-hmm. last year and, um, I just realized like, you know, we both really wanted a change. And, um, and so here we are. So is we that October? Mid October. Okay. So yeah. you moved to Portugal. You had no job because you got fired because of COVID, like a lot of people mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah. And then you just decided, okay, I'm going to write a book. So <laughs> I was. So after I got fired, like literally, it in exactly the same week I got COVID. Oh uh, shit. Yeah. So it actually was a blessing in disguise to get fired that specific week. 
because I got like a month of pay, like a sick pay or something like that. Yeah. And, um, and I was like out the whole month. Like I was very ill with COVID and in one of my, it does all these like weird things to your head. So I had horrible insomnia and, mm. um, one night, like I was up like thinking and that day I had seen, I don't know if you remember that there were like videos going around of the Venice canals and how like clean they were. And, you know, you could mm. see all the fish swimming around and it reminded me of this dream that I had years before, which was, um, about this like woman who murders her lover mm. and jumps in the Venetian canal in this like emerald green gown and like swims away. And like her, she, then this mermaid tail comes in and she's going to go to like another European city and murder somebody else. Oh my gosh. And so like that came back very vividly for me. Like I had written it down many years ago, just cause I do like, I have, you know, an idea where I jot down mm. an idea notebook where I jot down thoughts. So that like randomly came back to me in the middle of that COVID haze. And it was like, I couldn't sleep anyway. So I just spent the whole night kind of brainstorming, like, well, what would that be? Is that like a short story? What is it? I kind of thought about who the character was, woke up, you know, after like two hours of sleep the next day <laughs> and plotted it out. And it actually ended up not being just like a short story or a book. It's going to be six books. Six so by the books. second day, I had six books Wow. Plotted out more or less. So that was that was going to be something that I asked you, and I know we've talked about this before. So there is going to be a sequel after this first Mermaid of Venice. Not only a sequel, but four other books after the sequel. Five other books, yeah. Yeah. So a series. Yeah, five other books. Um, and I'm wow. working on book two right now. So book two deadline is at the end of the month. Um, and then book two will come out in September. So your deadline, this comes from... The publisher? Your publisher? Say that again? Your The deadline that has been set comes from your publisher? No. So I'm self-publishing everything, which is like a Amazing. whole like thing that we should get into because it's Let's very get into it. Um, and I'm setting my own deadline. So I'll be releasing two mermaid books per year. Um, wow. And then I'm also writing some other like episodic fiction um, for a brand new platform on Amazon, which I'm excited about. Oh, that's amazing. Wow. That's amazing. You've been a busy bee. Yeah. I love but it. to answer your question, yeah. I mean, I was definitely, I was out of job and that was, there was no, like there was literally no work. So it was, it was a blessing not only to like have that time to just heal from COVID, but also we'll be sick with COVID and then heal from it. Um, but also I had time to write the book. And then um, in the fall, like freelance work started picking up. So that allowed me to be able to like move here and work remotely. So I still have clients that I work with in the U.S. and I'm doing a lot of work in the luxury beauty space. So I just did like, um, they just came out last month, I think. Uh, I Associate Creative directed a series of social videos for JLo Beauty. Wow. wow. That was great. And I'm working on a couple other like top secret projects right now. So well, I want to hear about them. Nice. Any, any hints? balance of, <laughs> you know, writing and doing creative direction and art direction for beauty and then um, writing novels on the side. So obviously you are extremely creative and artistic, but I want to let our listeners know that I know you personally because we um, had volunteered for the Trevor Project for years, years and years, 
years ago. Um, so not only are you artistic and creative, but you're also very in tune with charity work and giving back to the community. How is how and why is that so important to you? Well, you know, specifically the Trevor Project, like mental health is very important to me. I have yeah. bipolar disorder and um, struggle still, even though I've been on medication now for like 13 years, I still struggle with depression. So I actually just had a like a relapse of depression a couple of weeks ago. I'm like now finally coming out of it. Um, so, you know, gay youth and then trans youth on top of that, like it just multiplies. Mm-hmm. Um the amount that you, you know, the, the likelihood that you may take your life from suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand what it feels like to like, feel like your feelings are a burden. And so I really, it was really important for me to do that work and to raise the money that we raised for Trevor um, and be able to like have a place for people to put that, you know, put those thoughts and like be that buffer for you to kind of like literally talk you off the ledge sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was, yeah, that was really what motivated me to do that. And in terms of, you know, social justice work still, um, I mean, I still do raise a lot of money. um, And I feel like if you're not, like if you're in a position to give back and you're not giving back, you really need to like examine why that is in your life Mm. that you're not doing that. I hear that. Yeah. Mm. So well, Jincy, I want to I want to go back to your roots. Um, I want to say, hey, homegirl, because I'm from Georgia too. <laughs> oh, we got some Georgia That's peaches. Great. Where are you from? Columbus, Georgia. Oh, all right. I know so, exactly where that is. So we're yeah. both Georgia. I'm from peaches. a small town called Carrollton. Yes, I've actually heard of it. So that's really <laughs> cool, homegirl. <laughs> but um, I, I read your bio, and it's very extensive and very wow. I, I got to give you props. You're you're all that in a bag of chips. <laughs> <laughs> but um, growing up, um, whom, who I noticed that you were a lawyer. And so what inspired you to be a lawyer? I mean, you've got a lot going on, but that struck me that you were in law and a lawyer. So how did that happen? I mean, what inspired you to go to law school? So my father was a lawyer. Oh, and there you go. Yeah, I, he was, you know, in the town that I grew up in, he was like the small town lawyer. So he did everything. Okay. And, um, and I would go to his office and like work filing files for him all the time and go to court with him sometimes. And so I think, you know, growing up in a small town, like I really, I was really not exposed to a lot of different career paths. Yeah. So it was sort of like, you had kind of like three white collar career paths. It was like doctor, lawyer, banker slash real estate agent. And um, when I, it's really funny. When I got to New York, I realized that I I did not know this. I did not know that there was an advertising industry. So (laughs) when I got to New York, I was like, oh, there's, that's a whole thing. Okay. I just thought like all brands did their own ads and I'm like, oh man, I should have done that. (laughs) Um, But I had always wanted to do like advertising and entertainment and write. Um, But I never, you know, I never really saw that as like a solid career path until coming to New York. So I was 27 when I moved there. So what happened in my early 20s was, you know, I graduated school and my parents were always super supportive of me writing, but they were not super supportive of 
me like going into a career in anything that was like not in their minds like very um stable so i ended up going to law school in my early 20s which i feel like was really good because it gave me a great foundation for doing business Mm -hmm. um and i started my own business at a really early age so i was like 27 28 when i started my business and Mm. um i was able to i think like negotiate a lot of deals and make a lot of headway that other people would not have been able to have done because I had that legal background and people were like, wow. yeah, no, we're not going to fuck with that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that was really helpful. And I think it's also given me, even as a writer, I still take that legal background with me. And I think the training that I got like helps me be a better, more persuasive writer from a copywriting standpoint. Um, and that's like, you know, just like ad copy or whatever, but also copyright, like U.S. copyright, I think about things from a legal perspective still. So when it comes to like intellectual property, you know, I think about how to protect myself all the time. So mm. I feel like it's it's really been a great foundation for me and something that I lean back on a lot. Exactly. It prepared you for what you're doing now. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. Well, Jensi, changing the subject just a little bit. Um, I saw that you did a TED Talk about robots being the future of sex. Now, (laughs) I think that that interests me because I've been hearing that for years. You know, people have talked about that all the time at some point. Well, you're freaky like that. I am freaky like that. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, I I have all the sex questions for you. All the sex questions are going to come for me. Uh, (laughs) Mom, plug your ears. I'm here to answer it all. I love it. Um, But talk to our listeners a little bit about that and, and, and why you gave that TED Talk and, like, do you really believe, like, robots could be the future of sex like and do i need to find me a robot man (laughs) (laughs) you you may you may uh so the reason that i gave that ted talk i had gotten invited to this um symposium and uh ray kurzweil was there and it was all about futurism Mm -hmm. and so the person who was putting together the conference said like i would love to have you come and talk like what would you want to talk about and i'm like robot sex obviously (laughs) (laughs) sex and this is funny because this was like, I don't even remember, I think maybe 2011 or 2012, so way before Westworld. And a lot of the issues that I talked about in the TED Talk, I have really been explored in shows like that mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. or robots. I think there is like a show called Robots, right? Yeah, I think, was it iRobot? No. I that's, the anyway, that's the movie. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, it's definitely something that still is a concern and something that we have to think about. I mean, if you look at stuff like AI mm-hmm. and how that's sort of like, you know, it's, cr- it's been created by mostly white men and mm-hmm. like doesn't even facially recognize like people who are not white right. men or women, like mm-hmm. that's the tech, that's the basis of the technology that's being built. So, right. you know, when you think about something like robots and then it's sort of, you know, it's building blocks on top of building blocks. So if you're not, um, stepping back every once in a while to examine that, you know, just from a, like an intersectional point of view, um, you could really be setting up society to be even more um, like limiting for a brand new like group of individuals that might have consciousness very soon. Robots. Yeah, I think that's interesting because I know that there has been talk for years. I read an article about people wanting to do this to create their perfect mate um, because they're like, I don't think I can find them on dating apps and all that. So, well, I'm one of those people. So, 
And I think you are too. Because we have spent... I hate the dating apps. We have spent something years on dating apps and he is not out there. I was around when Grindr was first created and it didn't done for me. It right. still hasn't done anything no. for you. And so I've, I've hit every app. That's kind of like the, the movie um, Her. Yes. yes. With that's, um, Scarlett Johansson. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all that talk. That's what that reminds me of. And I mean, I when after watching that movie, I was like, this seems like... Definitely, like, like, the future where, like, people will have relationships with. I think I probably could. Like, (laughs) it it probably is best for me, too. (laughs) You do like being by yourself, so that way you could have the best I could just turn that bitch off when I want to be by myself. my luck, it would try to have sex with me and malfunction. (laughs) Then we we both be out of luck. We both just be like, when will it work We'll just both be laying that short circuit. Wait, (laughs) did she? Girl, get out. You like that? You like that? Jitsi, have you had sex with a robot and is your wife a robot? (laughs) (laughs) I have sex with robots all the time. (laughs) Have consciousness. I mean, more like machines, right? So like, is a is a vibrator a robot? No, not technically. Um, but have had sex with a real machine. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we just got a spoiler twist. I love that. Well, yes. But is my wife a robot? Definitely not. Definitely not. I love it. Then how long have you been together with your wife? So we've been together this August will be seven years. Wow. And we just got married last year. So That's awesome. Uh, Congratulations. Wow. September it'll it'll be a year. That's good. So we're still in the new event. Did you feel that, you know, after being together for so long and COVID, COVID, I feel like really made people see that life is very short. And I feel like, did that make you guys make the decision to get married? Like, did you like... No, what made the decision for us to get married was we were terrified that Trump was going to get elected again. Mm. And, um, And also she's Afro-Cuban and so like everything that's been going on in the past year has like really affected her a lot mm-hmm. yeah. and um, she was like I don't really want to like be in the US anymore I don't really feel safe I don't feel super comfortable mm-hmm. and we had talked mm-hmm. always about moving to Europe and so that kind of like escalated everything because just it all felt like it, we were in a pressure cooker and it just kept getting worse and like I don't know that it's still I think it's still that way, you know? Yeah. I think it's still, like... Very much um, so. White supremacy is still, like, the number one threat to what's happening, in you know, globally in America. And we were just, like, we want to have that protection um, to be able to leave the country together if we have to. So yeah. it was, you know, yes, we love each other, and yes, we're excited about that, but it was also very much, like, a survivalist move. Wow. And isn't it isn't it sad that the land of the free, so they say... <laughs> Um, you, you were terrified to be here. You were, you know, you were terrified that your love might not survive because of people not yeah. wanting you to be together. That's, it's, it's very heartbreaking. And I don't think people understand when the LGBTQ community were so afraid of like, I mean, there are a lot of people who had your same story. I saw where like, listen, we're getting married right now. So that way we can be recognized and, you know, we can be together. I mean, for simple stuff of, Hey, I want to be able to visit my loved one in the hospital with mm-hmm. this global pandemic. Mm-hmm. Right. So it, it was so so much that went into it and it's just so horrible and I agree with you Gen Z. I don't I, I don't know if it's necessarily gotten better I think that maybe we put a band-aid on it but it's mm-hmm. still really really bad 
But I feel like everybody's eyes are open now. And so yeah. there's some stuff that was used to be ignored that you just can't ignore anymore. Right. You know? And right. so at least conversations are happening. You know, it's I wish things would move a little quicker, but you know, baby steps, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it was shocking for us when we first got here because um I mean in, definitely there's racism in Portugal, like don't get me wrong. However, the way in which people like interact with each other is just so different on a regular daily basis. Like there's just not that heat level that you have in the States. It's not that like level of aggression that you face. Like even when I was in Florida or whatever, like she was like, I don't feel comfortable coming there. This is like a red County where you're staying, like it's a lot, Um, you know, and all of the like uh, back and forth about the mask wearing and stuff like that. Like that just is not a thing here. So, um, like, the police don't carry guns. Get out of here. I mean. What? Police don't carry yeah. guns? Listen, everyone in, everyone in America has a gun. Are you serious? Guns are, like, the new thing, didn't you know? Wow. <laughs> and me and my There's mom are living in Texas. But they're not shooting people. It's crazy. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. How is the LGBTQ community in Portugal? God, we can't wait to find out. (laughs) (laughs) We were just talking about this the other day. Like our friend, we we met one. Like we just um, we I met a friend through a friend, so Mm -hmm. she like connected us, and we just met last weekend for the first time because we've been under lockdown. Last weekend was the first weekend that it like fully opened. We've been in lockdown since January. Oh, wow. So, wow. Um, yeah, so like five full months. And we were just talking about that. And she's like, oh, do you like drag queens? I'm like, hello. Do I like drag queens? <laughs> of course. I love them. Um, and she's like, oh, there's a great place to go. So I can't wait till things also like the vaccine rollout has been super slow in Europe since everything got mm-hmm. um, kind of like mm-hmm. nationalized in the States. Yeah. And, um, and so like where it's kind of returning, I won't say normal, but like, Things are there's a lot of action happening in the U.S. That's not necessarily happening like over here. Um, so you don't have like restaurants are open, but not bars and stuff like that. Like I cannot fucking wait, cannot wait to get to a gay bar and dance my ass off. <laughs> that's, what, that's what we're all hoping for. Like I need to be oh, back in the. Dying. I, I was able to go yeah. to an outside event yesterday. It was. Um, like a beer thing for in the Bronx, and it was the Rosie Perez party that they do. And I was out there dancing, doing cartwheel. My knee hurt today, but I was out there <laughs> doing it, and I was just, I was so happy. And and there's this energy, and for the first time, it's just everyone's smiling. Everyone's so happy to see people. It's like, oh my god, I'm so happy to see you. I don't know who you I are. I know, I know. I got some boys number last night. I don't know who he is, but he said I want to hang out sometime. I said sure. <laughs> No, no. And it always helps, say and yes. it helps that the weather is really nice. Oh, it's so oh, yeah. great here in New York. Yes. How's the weather there in Portugal right now? It's great. We live like ten minutes from the beach, so oh, like a ten minute jealous. walk from the beach. So um, we go all the time. Like she goes almost every single day. I go probably like every third day or something. And it's in the, like sixty degrees or something right now, like sixty between sixty sixty five. Oh, um, but it's always really nice, and like even that, I never thought like you could go to the beach at like sixty five degrees or sixty three that it would be nice, but it actually is really very pleasant when it's sunny. Oh, um, uh, I, so I here it's like very much like a almost year long outside culture. 
because okay. you have the little heat lamps. It reminds me actually a lot here, mm. like the topography and the um, temperature, the climate is a lot like California, like Southern mm. California. I was just about to say, wow. like Cali. Okay, so a little are... less dry, yeah. um, but very much like that. Yeah. Okay. Are you fluent in Portuguese? Oh my God. All I, I'm so, and it's terrible. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's close to it's Spanish terrible though, right? Because I, um, I speak uh, Spanish and French. Mm-hmm. So that's like helpful. Right. But Portuguese is a really weird language and it's like very difficult to communicate with people. So that's like one of the things that we really have to get on. We ordinarily, like in normal circumstances, would have come and like gone to language school right away and started making friends and stuff. But obviously, because of COVID, none of that stuff is open. Yeah. Um, so definitely, you have the option, of course, of like taking online classes with somebody and doing that. Mm-hmm. But I just, I personally feel like that's a really difficult way to learn. To well, also, you're so it. busy doing everything. everything. <laughs> That's the other thing. So how yeah. can you but fit that's, that? We got to prioritize. Like this summer, it's like we got to start learning at least Portuguese 101 because we are just, uh-uh, it's a bad situation. <laughs> we're like, we're like this in every store. Uh, fala inglés or español? <laughs> that's means like, do you speak English or Spanish? And they're like, nope. <laughs> like, great. Charades it is. <laughs> well, Jensi, you have been so much fun to chat with and to catch up with. I miss you so, so much. And I can't That's wait sweet. to like finally be able to come to Europe and come see you in Portugal. I oh, definitely yeah. will. Oh, yeah, 100%. We'll take you out for port wine. Yes. Ooh. It better be some gay port wine. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Maybe I can get there and you can introduce me to a robot man or something. I don't know. A or any man. man. Or any man. Or any man. Any man. Any man will do. So before we <laughs> let you go, is there anything you can tell us about, you don't even have to tell us the title, but the sequel to your first book, The Mermaid of Venice. Can you give us a little Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's actually up for pre-order now. So it's called Ooh. Mermaid of Sicily. Mermaid of Ooh. Sicily. And mermaid of Sicily. So this little mermaid is quite... A jet setter, so she's hopping around here and there. So, is she related um, to Gia? Mm-hmm. Is she related to Gia? Same Gia. Same, same Gia. Gia. Okay, good, good, <laughs> same good. Same girl, good. same girl. She's just uh, in a different locale now. Gotcha. So. Just causing some trouble yeah. in somewhere else. Still gotcha. taking us on her same murdering bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I wait. So, where can yeah. our listeners, um, first of all, order your first book and pre order your second book? Uh, both available at Amazon. So uh, just click in there, Mermaid of Venice, or my name, Jensi Lumpkin, and it'll pop up either way. And uh, it will. you'll also be able to see Mermaid of Sicily, and you can pre-order that as well. I am okay. going to do that awesome. tonight. Yes. Yay! Thank you so much, guys. This oh my is God. such a pleasure. Mermaid yes. of Venice is so, so good. I read it, like, so quickly. I couldn't put it down. Gia is literally who I want to be. Literally, you want to go murder some folks? Well, I get mad as hell, and if I can, <laughs> if I can turn into a mermaid and swim away and not be caught, absolutely, <laughs> I'm gonna do that. <laughs> that would be good. Let's go with that. So you better plan. treat That's me right. Brain thinks he's Ariel, right? He's yeah. Ursula. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, okay, I, actually, I, I would be Ursula. <laughs> you would. Jensi, can I ask you a quick question before we go? Where yeah. did you? I know Jensi's not your given name. Mm-hmm. Where did that come from? So it's actually, it was my nickname from birth, because as you know, um, being a lady from Georgia and from the South, like everybody gets nicknames when they're born. So (laughs) um, my name's Virginia Marie and Jensi. So like my brother was 
Charles Henry Lumpkin III, he's Chad, um, and my sister is Lisa, but her name's Elizabeth, so okay. I just got the best one, you know. Yeah. My mom, um, bless her, before she passed away, I was like, you know what, I was really thinking the other day that I'm the only Gen Z Lumpkin in the world. And I she was it. like, mm-hmm. Check. Check. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I love that name. I love it. Oh, Gen Z, I love you so much. Thank you for being just a light in this world and sharing Aww. all of your gifts with all of us. Yes. I can't wait to see you in person and catch up. I hope it happens really, really soon. Yes. And when you come back to New York, you know, we got to do brunch. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm going to keep stalking you on the Instagram and DMing you like every single day, asking what Gia is up to. <laughs> Nasty things. <laughs> a radio interview, and they, like somebody called in, and they were like, "Gia, nasty, <laughs> murder sex. This is murder sex." It's a it's a page turner, though, for sure. <laughs> All right, Gency, go get some sleep because I know it's late there in Portugal. But thank you so so much thank for you. taking thank the you. time to talk to thank Pride you. the podcast. Home girl, thank you, home girl. <laughs> this is great. Yay. Love ya. Bye. Hi, everybody. It's Darrell Anthony. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please call us at 844-25-PRIDE and leave us a message. Let us know what you think. And if not, email us at prideTheseries at gmail.com. Welcome, Welcome I love Jensi Lumpkin so much. So Aww. I know we talked about it a little bit with her, but I've known her for a very long time through the work that I've done with the Trevor Project, mm-hmm. which is the nation's largest anti-bullying um, organization, specifically with the LGBTQ community. They have a 24-7 uh, hotline for any of the LGBTQ youth out there that aren't um, sure of how to deal with themselves coming out. And so mm-hmm. that's amazing. We volunteered and have raised a lot of money with them. And what's really funny is now they are an official client of the organization that I work for. So like I'm officially representing the oh, wow. Trevor project. All and comes full circle. So full circle. And I'm going to, I guess I'll DM Jency afterwards and tell her that cause she'll love that. Um, but she's just a good old soul. She's done she so much when she said she was a lawyer, with I was her like, life. All right, girl, I know, right? Like, Lumpkin mm-hmm. Esquire, she, she's yeah. kind of covered a, a deal of all trades, <laughs> yeah. yeah mm-hmm. She's she's great, so thanks, Jensie, for joining the pod. Thanks, so now we want to celebrate Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month. Yes, yes. don't have a jingle yet, we got to come up with a jingle, yeah. We'll work on it. Mm. <laughs> I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta pray on that, pray yeah. on that, we want to pray on that. But anyways, we want to highlight a few of the Asian American Pacific Islander people in America that have just, you know, contributed to this country and are deserve to be celebrated. Amen. Especially mm-hmm. during these shitty times. Especially during these times where LA Asian people are receiving a lot of hate. Mm-hmm. So we want to definitely stop Asian hate and we want to celebrate them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Who wants to go first? I Go first. Okay, so I want to talk about Kimora Lee, formerly Kimora Lee Simmons. So she is an American entrepreneur, fashion designer, TV personality, author, philanthropist, and model. 
And after she was discovered as a model and deemed the face of the 21st century by the late fashion icon Carl Lagerfeld, Simmons took the world by storm and never looked back. In addition to her Baby Fat by Kimora Lee Simmons, Fashion Empire, the star helped pave the way for reality television with her 2007 Life in the Fab Lane series and has a long history with philanthropy, has established the Kimora Lee Simmons Scholarship Fund to help students pursue careers in fashion. And so she famously had the baby fat line, which yeah. I definitely <laughs> had a lot of baby fat stuff. Like <laughs> yes, that was did. like in the early 2000s. If you didn't have baby fat, like what you were you doing? It, yeah. Like baby fat crawled so that Fashion Nova could walk. So. Oh, so First Lady Mrs. Mitchell bought you a lot of baby fat growing up. <laughs> you know what? When I was working at the commissary, I would grab my little coins and then I would go get me some baby fat. Okay. <laughs> Maybe some Darion by Beyonce. Not, Dar- <laughs> not the House of Darion. Oh, House of Darion. Oh, right. Yeah, no, Kamora Lee, I always um, admired her. She was just such a, a, a badass, you know? Yeah. Like, what was oh, that reality show that they had? It was like life in the fab lane, but but oh, yeah. she also had it with her husband. Yes. What was it called? Was it with Rev Run? It was like I know Rev Run had his series, and mm-hmm. then Russell Simmons. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was, was with called. Russell Simmons. And the show. Am I wrong? It, no, no, it was because okay. when they were married. Yeah. Um, she kept that last name too, didn't she? Uh, well, so did Deandra no, Simmons from the Real Housewives no, of Dallas. She That's got a, remarried, and now her name is. Um, her last name is Perkins. She got remarried? Yeah. Well, Kamora Lee Leisner Perkins. So, I don't know. The more names you have. She had two more kids by two different guys after Russell. (gasps) Mm -hmm. Is she going to be the Real Housewives of Atlanta? I mean, she probably (laughs) could be. She could. Ooh, I would love that. She should be a housewife. She should be a housewife. I think there was actually a rumor that she was already uh, approached about it and really? declined. There's a lot of women who... I don't know where she lives we now. Probably in, LA. I should be a producer on the Housewives. I know so much. There, there's a lot of women who are approached and they're like, no, thank you. There's been a lot mm-hmm. of... Women well, approached. I'm waiting to be approached. Well. <laughs> because I will oblige. Well. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, that's Gamora Lee. Ooh, Shout I, out to the queen. <laughs> I love her. So, my Asian American Pacific Islander person of the year that I would <laughs> like to highlight is my friend... Bing Chen. So I've I've known Bing Chen for a couple of years now because he um, is the co-founder of Gold House. Mm-hmm. And Gold House is a nonprofit collective of Asian and Pacific Islander founders, creative voices, and leaders. And some of those people include like Philip Lim, the fashion designer, uh, Prabal Garoon, the fashion designer, Malie, or Michelle Lee, the editor-in-chief of Allure. Um, Kamala Harris was inducted this year. Okay. Um, they put together their A100 of all of the Asian American Pacific Islanders voices of the year, what have you. And like Hollywood Reporter covers them and, and blah, blah, blah. So I helped produce an event with Bing Chen. But Bing, before he was the founder of this amazing organization, worked for YouTube and was like YouTube creator of the year. Um, he was a Forbes 30 under 30. He dated the Asian Beyonce. I know who this is. You told me about him. Yes, I have. Yes, to. Yes, he, exactly one of, one the of, Asian Beyonce. Yeah, I can't remember her name, but she's like basically Beyonce in all of 
of Asia. Oh, okay. um, but w- one of the big wigs of Amazon is part of their board, mm-hmm. which is, yeah, y'all know who Bing Chin is. Yes, yes, um, yes. So he is amazing. He and Miko Chin um, have created this amazing organization, Gold House, that is highlighting all of the um, Asian American Pacific Islander voices that can actually make a difference. And they are. They raise... Um, a lot of money. They are doing just really, really good things. So go check them out at goldhouse.org. Okay. I love to hear it. Nice. That's awesome. Well, I'll go next. Yeah. Okay. Since everyone's looking at me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking right at you. <laughs> it's just your beauty. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> and, and you may have to help me out with her name. But anyway, Chloe Zhao. Zhao. Yes. She is fierce. Um, that's my new favorite word, Brayden. Well, <laughs> since your mama called you fierce, nobody knows what it means, right? Now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, we senior citizens know what it means. But anyway, <laughs> she is a Chinese filmmaker known primarily primarily for her work in American independent films. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay, so. I don't know if anyone watched the Academy Awards recently. I sure did. I might have checked it out. I watched it from start to finish, and I started the red carpet at 3 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, this woman won for No Man Land. Yes. Um, she, yeah, she the, the film actually got um, <clears throat> four nominations, but she won for Best Director. That's amazing. Isn't that amazing? And she was Monumental. the first... Asian American, right? Yes, she was. Um, she's beca- but she became the second woman in history to win after Catherine Bigelow. Yes, in, she won for The Hurt Locker. Yeah. Right. In, oh, right. In 2010. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But yes. yes, she was the first non-white woman to win in this category. This woman is fierce, and what I like about her is she's her own person. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the way she dressed when she went to the yeah. Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. Very casual. She had on some tennis shoes. She sure did. Yeah, she did. And she, I was, she's my hero. Mm-hmm. That's probably what I would do. Yeah. Yes. No, And she's not also going to be directing the upcoming um, Marvel film, The Eternals. Yes. Yeah. So yes. I'm really excited to see that. Yes, but she won the Academy Award. She won the British Academy Film mm-hmm. Award. The Golden Globe Award and Independent Spirit Award. Wow. wow. One at all. Yes. Tens across the board. Exactly. Did y'all watch Nomadland? No, I have I not. I oh, have uh, It's on my it. Netflix queue. I have it, I, I was so behind on like all the Oscar films. Like usually I'm on top of it. I but this every year I was one. not, but I have everything in my queue. Me too. And um all of y'all are going to Texas next week, so or tomorrow or whatever. So I'm gonna spend my time. <laughs> I watched every single one, and I have to say, No Man Land was probably my best picture. Really? Then I'll watch it tomorrow on the plane. Yeah, it's really, really good. It's just it's it's it doesn't move in terms of sequence. It doesn't. Is it? It's a slow burn. It's a slow burn. But the acting, which Francis won, the directing, which Chloe won. They obviously won Best Picture. It right. is just a beautiful piece of artwork. Wow. wow. I'm excited now. Beautiful piece of artwork. I love it. That's interesting. Well, I'll go next. Mine's actually going to be a little bit long, uh, but I'll try to shorten it up. Uh, so I'm going to talk about Anna Mae Wong, uh, who was born Wong Lee Song and was the first Asian-American movie star. Uh, born in Los Angeles, California. She grew up near Chinatown, but then she wanted to become an actress. Um, she gave herself the stage name Anna Mae Wong when she was just 11 years old. Um, her and her family lived in a racially diverse neighborhood. They faced extreme racial attacks from other students. She described her experience as follows. We tried to walk unconcernedly home from school, always with a large and larger 
crowds of our tormentors around us shouting, chink, chink, Chinaman, chink, chink, mm. Chinaman. They would yank our pigtails and called, and called our straight black braids of hair, uh, pushing us off of sidewalks into streets, pinching us, slapping us. Every day was torture for us. So at the age of 14, she said, I wanted to be a movie star. And she tried out... Um, for her first film and was cast as an extra. She would land more in prominent roles later on. They would see her, uh, they would typecast her as exotic and a temptress. Um, you know, she, there were strict anti-race mixing laws though that kept her from sharing an on-screen kiss with male leads who were all white at the time. Mm. Um, in an attempt to create her own stories, Wong started a production company that would never take off due to the corruption of her business partner. She persistently uh, pursued the lead role in Olan, a story that centered around Chinese characters, and the part was given to a white actress who played the role in Brownface. Wong was offered a supporting role of a scheming girl which she turned down in protest against negative t stereotypes. Like many black actresses of her day, Wong became overwhelmed by the racism and discrimination in Hollywood and left the United States for Europe where she had a successful stage career. And okay. actually, she was... Um, they had her in the Ryan Murphy show Hollywood. Like, they, they had her character pop yes. um, And it, it's just so sad that they would cast... Um, a white woman to play her in brownface, which I guess is where Scarlett Johansson got the idea. Oh, so, wow. it, I, I just think that it's it, it's crazy and, and thinking about to, you know, we, we always knew like for black and white people it was very different. You know, we would have to drink from different uh, water um, uh, faucets and all of that and to know that like, oh, her being Asian, she couldn't kiss someone on screen mm -hmm. and she had to be kind of either the schemer or the villain because that's how they viewed Asian mm -hmm. people. Um, it's it's very, it's crazy and it, it feels like that we've taken all these steps forward but we still find ourselves back and I know we talked about it on the podcast before about how the person of color or an LGBT person or, you know, an Asian person, they're always the villain. And it's always weird when you have, like, a trans person playing the villain or you have mm. this because... It, yeah, they're always the villain. They always have to know kung fu or karate or some kind yeah. of, like, martial arts. Yeah. So, you know, big big ups to Anime Wong. She definitely made headway for people to... for, for us to be able to celebrate Asian uh, Pacific Islanders um, in roles in TV today. So, yeah. Love this. I love that we're yeah. highlighting... The AAPI community. Well, yeah. you know that's what we do here at Pride the Podcast. We We're sure do. Inclusive. inclusive. Amen to that. That's why I love y'all. Well, we love you too, and thank you for joining the the panel <laughs> again. Yes. Two weeks in a row. We'll we'll cut you Did a check. Did you like it? We, we were on our best behavior, right? Uh, y'all were actually pretty good. Well, okay. when, well, but when I like Adam's it not when y'all are bad. Oh, <laughs> I, 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 I like that you like was bad. It's like you're going home and your husband gonna definitely pull you aside and say, "What did they do to you up there? You coming home with braids? You coming home changed? You acting up? Like what's going on?" And he's definitely coming out to me and Ashley. Oh, for, for sure. sure. Yes, he is <laughs> <laughs> coming straight for us. So this has been an amazing episode. Um, guys, we cannot wait to come back to you and talk more. Um, next week, we will not have a new episode, so you'll be hearing one of our favorite classic episodes next week. Oh, I and can't then, wait for that. Yes. <laughs> and then we'll be back the week after that with all new hot topics and everything that's going to be going to kick off Pride Month. We can't wait, guys. I can't believe it's already here again. Wow. Pride Month. It's like the Twilight Zone. I know. I know. Mm. We'll so, probably have an episode every single day. <laughs> probably. So get um, ready. I know you're already rolling 
your eyes, but we'll already we'll be tired as a hell. Oh, but. we'll probably have we'll probably have an epic fight. Uh, so that's 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 in tune. But until then, guys, you can find me on all social media, Darrell Anthony, um, Instagram. I am Darrell Anthony, and uh, catch me on all the other thirty thousand podcasts that I do daily. <laughs> Well, you can catch me at Ashley Aaron M on all social media, and you can cash at me or Venmo me at Ash Aaron. You don't M. give up, thank you. you. Have you have you gotten any payments since you've been plugging your cash app Venmo? I might have. Wow, <laughs> you can find me only on Instagram because I don't do the Russian Republican Facebook <laughs> at Mister Braden Bradley. Where can we find you, First Lady? Oh, I'm everywhere. I know that's right. <laughs> T is on all social media. Um, you can cash app Venmo Zelle. Like daughter, like mother. Like daughter, like mother. But she it's knows. been a joy. I just want to say it's been a joy being a part of uh, Pride the Podcast. I've loved every minute of it. I love you guys. Keep keeping it real. Aww. We love you too. Yes. We love you too, mom. Thank yes. you. Thank you so much. <laughs> dad's going to kill me. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and us. And us. So there sure. will be no problem. So this podcast. is the last episode. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> we did our best. <laughs> Bye guys. Until Bye, next guys. time. All right. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.